I want to talk tonight about um, just where I, I feel like we're headed in a, in a sense. And um, uh, with that, I think something that's really important for us in the journey um, with God, something that I, I feel like um, we all are uh, wanting to... Um, I guess in some ways get better at, which is hearing from God and understanding his voice and knowing um, what he's doing in our midst. And um, I think all of those things are are um, integral to relationship with God. And I believe that um, we serve a, a father that wants to communicate with his children, wants us to know who he is, what his heart is, and... Um, He's gone out of his way to um, reveal himself to us, um, to make himself known, to speak to us. And, and so um, for us as a people, it's, um, it's significant that we continue to um, want that as well. Um, I want to talk tonight about um, preparing for the move of God in our midst and how we can do that. Um, and... Um, I believe that for many of us in this room, we're probably in the middle of a transitional season. We're in the middle of a transition into a new season, um, whether that's with school or work or um, um, you name it. Um, I believe in the same way we're in a, a transitional season as a church, as new faces come back, as um, old faces come back, um, as we grow um, and in the middle of that, I believe that it's going to be imperative that we, as God's people, um, we understand this important principle of preparing to be a part of what God is doing. Um, preparation, not something that um, I'm terribly um, naturally good at. Um, but in fact, you realize preparation is so significant in, in every area of our lives, and and granted, there are things that we can't prepare for, but um, that actually makes the things that we can prepare for that much more significant. Um, so I want to talk about preparation tonight, specifically as it relates to our understanding of what God is doing in our midst and what he wants to speak to us, what he wants to reveal to us uh, about who he is. Um, so it's about hearing from God, knowing his plans, and being ready to respond to his move in and through you. Um, and I believe something so significant in that process is preparation. So I want to talk about specifically two aspects of two ways, in fact, that we um, can prepare for what God is um, doing in our midst and about to do in our midst. Um, so with that, I was thinking, I have a picture here I want to show you guys, and this was sort of um, the, uh, spurred this um, message, if you will. Um, I am willing to however, I'm, I'm open and willing to however God wants to speak, and um, a few weeks ago, maybe a month and a half ago now, um, I found myself in um, Potbelly, the restaurant, getting a sandwich, and I was in the line waiting to order Actually, I don't get sandwiches there. I always get a salad. I don't know why, but sandwiches. Um, I get the salad at Potbelly. If you've never had the salad, you should try the salad at Potbelly. You can get the sandwich on a salad without the bread if you're going low-carb. I'm not going low-carb. I just like the, the extra vegetables. So I was in the line, and I saw this. And um, 
immediately I knew, I said, God, you're speaking to me, aren't you? Like, hear me out. Um, I promise you. It was, it was so clear. And I had just been thinking about this very thing. I'd been thinking about, okay, God, what is the, um, what time do you have me in? Um, what, what is the season that I'm in? What is the season that, um, our, our church is in? Um, and, and, and how is all that unfolding, and, and, and how am I going to respond to that? I've been dwelling on those things, and I walk in, and I see this sign. It says, now is the time to prepare and repair. And I said, God, that's amazing. Here I am in Potbelly, and they have all these random you know, decorations. And I saw this, and I was like, i got to take a picture of this. So I got my phone out. I'm not a photographer. I don't really take that many pictures, but this was significant, and I was going to hold on to it. And he goes on to say, get your stoves and your heaters and ship shape for the colder days of fall and winter. And I'm not trying to bring up bad memories. Man, it's amazing. The, the winter we had just never seemed to end, but now we are reaping the benefits. We've had the most mild summer that I think I've ever had in the 12, 13 years I've been in Baltimore. It's incredible. If you're new to Baltimore, this is not the norm for August. So I'm just letting you know. When it comes around next year and it's different and you start fussing, just be grateful right now while you have it, okay? So, but I saw that and I was like, that, that's a, that is a good word. It's significant that we understand the importance of preparation as it relates to what God is already doing and what he wants to do. So I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. My inspiration is um, ultimately the word of God via this framed um, illustration in Potbelly. Um, so I was thinking about that and um, how it related to something specifically in my life recently. And um, uh, recently, um, you guys... Many of you heard I got a part-time teaching um, position at MICA. I'm really thrilled about that. I'm going to be teaching drawing. Um, I'm not leaving you guys. I'm still going to be here. Um, I'm still excited very much about what God is doing here. But he's been expanding the horizons a little bit. And this is, um, it's slowly dawning on me that this is new territory. And I am um, have a lot of lesson planning to do um, before... Uh, the beginning of September. So, um, but I was just thinking about how that all came about, and and, and there we were actually um, sort of retracing the steps. Um, earlier this year, um, a number of us kind of began to gather to pray for Micah and for um, that community, and um, and in the middle of that time, um, God began to stir something in my heart, in my life, and 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 it, really, what it was was an awareness of what He was doing in that time. And there were two things that really became um, clear for me. One was that as we um, began to pray, that there were things that were going to move, things that were going to change as a result of that. And in fact, God was behind that. He was the one who was even orchestrating us coming together. And it was incredible. We would meet every Friday. And, um, you know, I, as a pastor, I'll be honest, there's times where I've gone to the prayer meetings because I had to be there. If you get in this place at some point, you realize it's kind of mandatory often for the pastor. You're expected to be at the prayer meetings. But this was different. It was, it was like uh, I went to the first meeting feeling like I had to be there. But then every meeting after that, it was like, no, I really wanted to go, and I was expecting God to do 
um, great things. And in the middle of that, as we begin to pray, as we begin to listen for God, he began to stir things up in our hearts, and we began to get um, an understanding of what he wanted to do in our midst. And, and with that, that he was changing things as we prayed. And the second thing that happened, actually, for me, it, it, it came through a dream, and it was um, a dream of an encounter I had with a teacher of mine um, who um, I had while I was at Micah. And uh, for a couple of weeks, I just asked God, well, what do you want to do with that? What are you wanting to say to me about that? What am I supposed to do? And um, very simply, um, I think the thing that came out of that um, one, I reconnected with that teacher, but the second thing was God began to speak to me, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm reestablishing the connections, important connections that I've built from your past, ones that you've kind of overlooked or thought no, were no longer relevant. And so it was actually really significant understanding for me in that season that that was what God was doing. And it sort of unfolded as I just began to sort of tune in and become aware of um, just those different aspects of the way he was moving. And here we are a few months later. I don't know how we got here, but um, God does. And I'm going to be starting teaching at Micah in two weeks. It's crazy. Um, So I believe that that time and that awareness um, and actually these little steps of of, of obedience and response to what God was speaking that season were really integral to what's happening now. And so I want to talk about how that relates to your life and how specifically God wants you to engage in preparing for what he's doing and what's ahead. Um, so let's jump into this. Um, the first aspect of this... Um, is this idea related to preparation of tuning in to the season. Tuning in to the season that God has you in. Tuning in to the time that you're in. This is really a significant part of understanding what God is wanting to do, what God is already doing, and how you should respond. It's it's significant that you know the season that you're in because if you don't know the season, you won't know how to prepare for the season that's ahead. Does that make sense? If you don't know that summer is um, here, even though it doesn't feel like it, um, and fall is on the horizon, you won't know how to make that transition from one to the next. In fact, you might, um, even though this is a mild um, summer, you might um, find yourself in a place of Wondering just when the weather's going to change and why is it so hot and all these things. Actually, that happens in our life with God. See, we can be in a season with God where he very intentionally is, is uh, wanting to work some things and orchestrate some things and grow us in some things. And because we don't have an understanding of that, we can find ourselves frustrated very easily, um, baffled by what God is doing, um, and even working against what he is doing in our lives. For example... If right now, maybe um, you are, God is bringing you into a season um, where he really wants to speak deeply to you about um, who he is through his word. You understand there is preparation that needs to take place on your part. There's a way that you participate with God in that, that you encourage that, that you cultivate and you prepare even now for that. Or Um, Maybe God has brought you into a season of rest. Maybe that's where you're at currently. 
I don't know about you, but for many of us, um, rest sounds nice, but when we find ourselves there, we end up frustrated more often than that because we end up feeling um, purposeless. We end up feeling useless. Maybe we end up feeling like I'm not doing enough. So God might have you in that place, but you could find yourself saying, God, um, um, you know, when, is, when am I going to get the task that you want me to do in this time? Or um, maybe I just need to push through and do more for God. And, and you could actually be warring against the very thing that he is wanting to work in your life. So he's wanting to cultivate rest, and there you are worrying about not being busy enough. Rather than saying, and realizing the blessing of that season and saying, oh, okay, God, I, I realize that's what you're wanting to do. And so I, wanna, I want to actually prepare to receive that and work with you in that. So seasons are incredibly important that we tune into them and that we're aware um, of the season we're in. And that's critical for us to know in many ways the season that God is taking us into. So the first question I have to you is, what season are you in with God? Um, and if you're in a transition, like many of us are, um, what season have you been in with God? And how is that changing? Um, here are some things I want us to think about as it relates to that. Um, in, in the life of Israel, God spoke this word. He says, I'm going to do great things in your midst. They were, they were um, actually at the very end of a season, a really long season, a very terrible season of wandering through the wilderness. And in fact, part of the reason they wandered so long in the wilderness, you understand, is because they didn't understand the purpose of that time. Do you realize that? Like God said, yes, I'm taking you through the wilderness, but it wasn't God's intent for them to be there 40 years. But the people of God warred against the work of God, which he said through that time, what he was trying to instill in them was a dependence on him. He said what he was trying for them to understand was that what? Man cannot live on bread alone. And and the lesson that God had to continue to cycle through in the wilderness was that very thing because the people of God didn't embrace it. But then the good news is eventually, eventually, They get to this place where they find themselves on the edge, on the cusp of a new season, stepping over the Jordan into the promised land that they had been talking about and dreaming of for a long time. And in the middle of that place, God says, I'm going to do great things, literally tomorrow, it's here. But he also says, in the middle of this transition, consecrate yourselves. Today, tomorrow, I'm doing great things, but today prepare, prepare for what's ahead. There's something you have to do in that. So um, we need to tune into the season. Um, Another example we see of this, Jesus speaks about the importance of discerning the season we're in. Um, And I, I think he's sort of speaking big picture, but I think it applies from the biggest of pictures to the smallest of pictures with our lives, and it's in Luke 12. Um, you can go there if you want, but um, I'm just going to read it. In Luke 12, 56, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and in this passage, he's been talking about knowing, um, he's actually been talking about preparation, and then he says this thing to the Pharisees, not very, um, probably didn't make them feel very good. He says, hypocrites! Not, not, not nice. Um, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it 
that you don't know how to interpret the present time. I'm not calling you guys hypocrites, but I want to draw your attention to this because Jesus is saying, um, you have an um, ability in the natural to discern the time you're in, to understand what is on the horizon. And, and the implication here is that you should be able to do that in the spiritual as well. And what he was getting at is, um, and, and he actually says this, uh, another account in Matthew, um, and he basically says, I'm standing right in front of you, and yet you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know what God is doing through me. And so they rejected him for it. And in contrast, we see um, another side of this, which is John the Baptist. I think John the Baptist, he got it. He knew the seasons. He knew the time that he was in. Uh, I don't know about you guys. John the Baptist, crazy life. Crazy life. You have an amazing purpose, God says. Now go hang out in the wilderness for a long time. And, uh, oh, by the way, you know, um, here's what you get to snack on while you're there. Locusts and honey. Mm. That's the life of John the Baptist for years. And um, amazingly, he actually gets people to follow him. He gets disciples in the wilderness. They, um, just as crazy, had to be, you know. Let's go hang out with John the Baptist for a few years in the wilderness. But John knew the time he was in. I mean, if John didn't know the time, you could, that experiment would have ended really quickly. A year, two years, I'm done with locusts and honey, God. It's kind of the reverse of what happened in the wilderness with the people of God. There's John, and he's there because he wants to be and because he knows God has him there for something amazing. And then John also knows that, um, that the transition of that time. And so he comes, and, and John is a preparer. That was, his, that was his role. When he comes out of the wilderness, he's in the wilderness, and his, his um, mission that he understood very clearly was to prepare the way for Jesus, to prepare the way of the Lord. So he begins baptizing, he begins calling people around him to that same preparation. And then, in a moment, he sees Jesus and he says, there he is. The guys who had been following him for so long, he says, there's the Lamb of God. And he's like, all right, run along without, you know, a goodbye or anything. They're just off. Now they're following him. John knew that that change in that season. I think John discerned the way that Jesus um, desired the Pharisees to discern the season they were in, the, the same way he desires us to discern the season that we're in. So I want to talk about real quick, quickly some practical ways that I think we can um, embrace this um, part of hearing from God and understanding what he's doing. Um, how do we do this? Um, I think one of the, the first ways, very simply, is to remember. Yeah, remember. <laughs> Just remember what he's done. Remember his faithfulness. Um, that was the call to the people when they 
entered into the wilderness, but they, they forgot pretty quickly. And um, we really take seriously, it seems simple, but this call to remember and write that stuff down. Seriously, write it down. When God speaks in your life, set up a stone, write it down. Remember, that's the first thing. And, and this sort of goes along with it. Um, I, I think if you've never done this or if you haven't done it in a while, I want to encourage you and actually to make this a regular part of your life with God and your life in general, which is to take an inventory, take stock of where you are. Um, go to God and, and, and ask Him these questions or some form of this. Say, God, what if you called me to already? Where have you been working? And and I would even encourage you in that to write down the questions you have for him. Sometimes we just need to verbalize that. We need to bring it to him. We've been mulling over those things in our head in uncertainty, and God actually wants to hear from us. But take stock of your life and ask God, what are you doing? What have you been doing? Where are you right now in this? And begin to write those things down. Um, You might, in the process, um, find yourself needing or lacking clarity in that. And I I think there's two things you can sort of do along with that. One, um, we don't really talk about this much in the church. It's not very popular today, but um, it's something called fasting. Fasting was really popular in the Bible. Not so much today. Um, Specifically, giving up of food um, to focus in prayer with God. To focus your attention on Him. Fasting is a really good way to gain clarity. I encourage you. If you don't know how to fast, you've never done it before, talk to me. We'll, We'll figure it out. You can start small, a meal. It's not starving yourself, it's actually it's setting that aside to spend time with God in prayer and listening. It's a good thing, I encourage you to do it. If you still lack clarity, something that I think is so important, something that we practice at home group on Wednesday, Thursday. I, I wasn't, it didn't happen on Wednesday, it happened on Thursday. Um, go to the people around you. I really believe that God wants to use the body to speak to the body. That may not seem that profound, but I actually think sometimes we've, we've so narrowed and limited who can hear from God, who can speak to us about God and what He's doing, and we underestimate um, the, the, the place that we have in the body of Christ through the Holy Spirit to hear from Him on our own behalf, yes, but on the behalf of others as well. And sometimes the, the problem might be in your inability to find clarity. It might be actually that you're um, farsighted. I don't have glasses, so I had to look that one up. To make sure I got it right, I thought it was nearsighted at first, but farsighted is when you can see from a distance, but you can't see the thing right in front of you. That happens to us spiritually. We, we can be so wrapped up in something and, and so close to it, ironically, that we can't actually see what's going on. We can't see it with clarity. 
And I believe that God wants to use the body of Christ in those moments to help us. It's an amazing thing we've been doing in home groups in that regards for a while now. Taking God at his word when he says that his sheep will hear his voice. And interceding on each other's behalf in the moment. Not just um, praying prayers based on what we think um, we should pray. Not just giving some advice of what we think is best. But actually asking God in the moment. God, what do you want to? Share. What do you want to reveal about your heart for this person? And I guarantee you, every time, every time we've done that, we have not not heard something. It's pretty amazing. So I want to encourage you in that way. Um, Maybe it's seeking counsel, but I would encourage you to specifically go to some people and, and that you trust some people in this church and ask them, hey, would you pray on my behalf and would you listen for God for me? It's powerful. If you've never done it before, I guarantee you he's wanting to speak in that way. So that's another way we can help discern and tune into the season that we're in where God has us. You follow me? Some practical things there, okay? Um, I want to jump to, um, actually, before I jump, clarify one thing in that. Um, I think we also, really importantly, we need to distinguish between understanding the season, which seasons change, but also differentiating between the nature and character of God, which doesn't change. Do you know what I mean by that? Sometimes we get the two confused. See, we might find ourselves in a really difficult season. You probably will find yourself in a difficult season if you walk with God for any length of time. But in that place, what's really important is that we don't confuse the season that we're in with the very character and nature of God and and confuse the two. So the season might have changed. You were in a good season. Now you're in a really rough one. You might be in, quote-unquote, a dry season in your spiritual life with God. But it's significant that we don't actually find ourselves saying that God's nature has changed in a way where, for example, he's holding out on me the things that he wants to give. If God is good, he's good all the time. And I know we say that, but sometimes we don't believe that. If God has promised to speak to his children... I don't think there's a season that we will find ourselves in where God is not wanting to speak. If God is a provider, he's a provider all the time. And and I'm not saying we don't ever find ourselves in a moment of lack. But what I'm saying is that God is not withholding of himself from you. And so we, 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 we have to be careful that we don't make the season God is withdrawing himself Because he already promised that he's never going to leave us or forsake us. So we feel distant from God. We might be in a season where God is wanting to test some things, but he is not removing himself from you. There's a big difference. So we need to actually in that, we need to affirm the nature and character of God as the seasons change. Does that make sense? Really, that's a really important one. I'll just give you an example in my life. Standing in front of you guys week after week, um, seeking in the word for this body and for myself. Um, you know, I, one of my biggest fears for a long time was 
What if I don't have anything? You guys are just going to look at me weird and um, judge me silently in your heads and um, get a new pastor maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I had that fear for a long time, especially when it started to come every week. Oh, I've got to preach every week. You know what? I don't have that fear anymore. You know why? Because at a certain point, I resolved in my heart, as God revealed it to me, that he was always going to provide. When it came to his word, we were always going to have a word from God. And, and even if I showed up on a Sunday and I didn't have something for you, he was still going to provide. And I can't tell you how many times he has proven himself faithful in that. But in the past, I would have fretted and I would have worried and I would have forced something. Or I would have just um, gotten so caught up in, oh no, I'm, I'm moving into a season where God isn't going to speak for a while because he's doing something else or he's upset at me. You understand me? So we need to affirm God's nature even in the midst of seasons that change. And seasons do change. All right. That was a long sidebar. I'm going to... I'm. I'm going to try not to knock all that over. Um, no, I'm out of water, too. That's all right. You have some for me? Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. I want to talk about one more thing related to our preparation and hearing from God and understanding what he's doing and where he's taking us. Um, and if the first one... Um, it's for us to understand the season we're in. Um, the second one is that uh, it's the preparation of tilling the soil of our lives. Tilling the soil of our lives. Do you know what it means to till the soil? It actually means to cultivate or prepare the soil. For what? To be able to plant stuff. To be able to grow things that are good, that are worth growing. It's amazing. You know, weeds, you don't have to um, till the soil for weeds to grow. I've learned that at my house. Like, we did nothing to the front yard, and it's a jungle. And I've been spending the past two months trying to tear it down. And I, I, I just want to start a bonfire, but we live in the city. So I have to bag it all up piece by piece. It's terrible. If you want to help, you can let me know. Um, you don't have to till the soil for weeds to grow, but you do have to till the soil for good stuff to grow, for seeds to actually take and uh, take root and, and grow up. Um, so in your life, part of the preparation for the season you're in and the season that God is wanting to bring you into, I believe so important to that is that we till the soil of our lives. How do we do that? Turn with me really quickly to James 1. Um, and as you go in there, I want to say, actually, in relation to hearing from God, in relation, as it relates to our ability to hear his voice, to discern what he's saying, all of these things, and to actually live it out, sometimes I think we think the problem is something that it's not. Meaning this, sometimes I think we think the problem is I just haven't learned to hear. Anybody ever felt that way? I'm just not hearing right. My ears are, are plugged or, um, I don't know, it just seems like other people hear from God in a way that I don't. Well, news for you. I don't think that is actually the problem. 
In fact, I think many of us hear more than we actually think or realize. Actually, I think not even just believers, but the world actually hears from God. And I'll get into that in a second. Um, Because that might be a little controversial for some people. How can the world hear from God if they don't know him? I believe actually the world is hearing from God and just doesn't know it a lot of times. And the same thing can happen for us. So I don't actually think the problem is often that we're just unable to hear or, in fact, that he's not speaking something. I think actually the problem is that the soil of our lives is not ready to receive that word. Follow me. James 1. It says in verse 21, it says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that so is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. I'm going to read that one more time. Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. There's, there's two parts to the application that James gives to the people based on what he said in chapter 1. First part, get rid of evil. Okay? Second part, humbly accept the word. They actually are completely connected. So if you want God to speak in your life, if you want to hear from him, there's actually something that you can do to till the soil so that when the word comes in your life, as it is in all of our lives, if you're sitting here today, God is speaking to you in some way. It might not be through what I'm saying. He's speaking something to you. Your ability to receive it, on the other hand, is partly up to you. And this is what it says. It says, get rid of these things and so that you can humbly receive the word planted in you. And he goes on to say in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And we've that, that verse is pretty familiar for a lot of people. I think the doing what it says is directly connected to what he said before that. Here's another picture of it. Um, Jesus spoke this parable in Matthew 3. And it's the parable of the sower. And I'm just going to sort of sum it up. He talks about this farmer going out and sowing this seed, scattering it everywhere. And some of it falls on... A path. Some of it, birds come and eat it. Others fall on rocks that didn't have much soil. And then some uh, falls on soil that is good. As we see this sort of um, variation and different outcome. But guess what? The word, what? The seed actually was sown everywhere. And he goes on to explain what it was, and he says, the seed is the word of God. So, the seed is, the picture there is the seed is being abundantly sown. The word of God is going out to actually the ends of the earth. Now it's our ability to hear it that is affected by the soil of our lives. 
get it? And he says that. He says, um, this is what he says about it. He says, the seed falling in the rocky soil refers um, to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes, because of the word, uh, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Oh, sorry, because, yeah, they quickly fall away. Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 and 30 times what is sown. Okay. So maybe the problem in our lives isn't that God isn't speaking. Maybe it's actually that we have a preparation to participate in so that we can actually receive the word. You following me? This is significant. If you want to hear from God in your life, there might be something that you need to do to already um, to receive the word that he's already been speaking in your midst. You ever seen it where two people, let's pretend you and a friend, sitting and you hear the same message, the same words spoken, the same things, and, and you have two completely different responses. Now, it could be just that that person's not in the same place as you. That's why I'm using your friend. Um, they're... Just don't don't put a name in there, but they're like you know that was okay, and you're like oh my gosh I, I I I was so moved by that and and you have all these things you're gonna do when you get home and you're like I, I don't get it like how did how did that not speak to your soul because it spoke to mine? Well, it could just be that the soil of their life wasn't ready to receive that word. Now, did God speak the word to both of you? Yes. So application here till the soil part of the preparation for what's ahead how's the soil of your life is your heart in a place to receive from god or are there weeds that have cropped up um is is the the um landscape of your heart full of rocks and dirt the good news is if there's places in our lives that are not conducive to things actually growing, good things, um, it's pretty simple to take care of that. It's called repentance. And I believe in our lives there's probably for each one of us some things that God wants to uproot. So the next question with that is um, are, there, are there weeds that have grown? And if so, what are they? What are the things that have sort of easily taken root without much effort and maybe have been choking out actually receiving what God wants to speak in this time to you? I want to encourage you as part of your preparation for this season and for what's ahead because there's some amazing things ahead. I believe God has some incredible plans for this community and for your life this year. And it's, it's not just about you achieving your goals. It's so much bigger than that. If you're going to get there, there's going to be a preparation that needs to take place. Are you willing to participate with God 
in that. Um, as it relates to tilling the soil, I want to encourage and invite us as a community to be bold in that and to actually seek out if we need help pulling out the weeds or we need help replacing those things with good words, that we would actually seek someone out and we would share that with them and that we would invite them. So whether it's um, worry or trouble or bad decisions, habits you've embraced, fear, any of those things. I believe God is saying, I, wanna, I want to work in the soil of your life, and I want to uproot those things. I want to replace them with good things, and I want my word in your life to grow and bear fruit. Let's pray.